My fuck stick? He's not going to say fuck stick in front of the children, is he? Asshole. Get some sandwiches ready. It's bad Santa. Ho, ho, you barely missed us. Welcome to the Center Cut. I am Elf Michael. What the fuck was that? I'm Santa Claus. And today we're talking about Bad Santa. I have a lot of opinions about Bad Santas. In my opinion, the number one baddest of the Bad Santas was the mechanical Tim Allen from the second Santa Claus. I've never seen either of the Santa Claus movies. There's three of them, so none of them. Good. So, Dave, what exactly are we doing? We watched the first 15 minutes and the last 15 minutes of Bad Santa. You're welcome. We are going to recap those, have some questions about it, and we'll chat about it. Yeah, it's going to be a holiday spectacular. A holiday bonanza. Now, Bad Santa came out in 2003. Holy shit. I remember this trailer coming out and being like, that's ah, too lowbrow for my fancy tastes. Really? You remember that, huh? When you were, whatever, like 17? You don't remember things from when you were 17? I mean, that's not that far-fetched. <laughs> no, I'm not surprised that you remember something from your se- when you were 17. I'm surprised that you thought that was too highbrow for you. I've grown since then. Now, it stars Billy Bob Thornton, Tony Cox, Lauren Graham, (laughs) talking about Tulo Brown, I'm accentuating the cocks. Anyway, Tony Cox. Yeah. Lauren Graham, Brett Kelly, Bernie Mac, and it was the last live action appearance of John Ritter before he passed. And it was the movie was actually dedicated to his memory. Fucking imagine arriving to heaven and being like, yeah, I had this great movie career. And God's like, oh, yeah, let me look at the last movie you're in. Oh, (laughs) um, (sighs) Actually, <laughs> I think we need to send you somewhere else. Take your fuck stick and get out yeah, of here. Yeah, get your fuck stick out of here. No, poor John Ritter, because this really sucks that this is the last the last one. Last live action. He did some some animated stuff, one of which I think was like Clifford Big Red Dog. So, so still, still not really ending on a high note. Still but, not uh, great, but but yeah, last live action. Last, last face appearance. Yeah. Sad. Here's the thing, though. Bad Santa actually has a 79 on Rotten Tomatoes, which is much higher than I anticipated. I just need to know how many votes I need to submit to get it down to 69. Okay, yeah, good thought. It's described as gloriously rude and gleefully offensive, which could just as well be a tagline for me and this podcast. Yeah, definitely. But let's get into these recaps. So we open at O'Hara's Pub. Everyone here seems to be enjoying a holiday celebration, so it's either the day before Christmas or within a few days of Christmas. Except Billy Bob, he is sitting at the bar just drinking his life away and gives us kind of a recap of his life real quick up to this point. Now, immediately, my first thought is now I know where Mikey from Whack Brackets gets his vocal stylings and overall demeanor. Mike is Billy Bob Thornton from Bad Santa. Oh, interesting. I didn't realize that. Oh, my God. Every time he talked, I was like, is this is Mike? Is Mike in this movie? Is Mike Billy Bob? <laughs> it's pretty great. Uh, if Again, I mean, if you're a fan of the show, if you're listening right now and you haven't checked out Whack Brackets, please do. At any rate, 
I was also surprised like the credits are rolling here. This was executive produced by the Cohen brothers. Who knows? That's wild. I never would have guessed that. And also Harvey Weinstein has a credit here, which that I can get since Willie is also rapey. No, oh, very rapey. Makes sense. Yeah, it, it absolutely does. So in this instance here, he's giving us kind of a recap of his life. He explains that he's been to prison, that he's been married twice. And he was drafted during the presidency of Lyndon B. Johnson and lived in Mexico for two and a half years. But he said that none of it was as bad as having to be Santa and having little whiny children sit on his lap for 30 days out of the year. It's a long time. 30 days. I guess that that kind of tracks. I mean, from the end of Thanksgiving until Christmas, I guess that's kind of the peak Santa season. Yep. But he uh, he just makes his way outside of the bar in the alley and throws up. I was expecting like kids to drive by and see it, but it subverted what I was thinking. Yeah, I felt like they actually did that a lot where there were instances where I was like, kids are definitely going to see him being a shitty Santa. And then they didn't. But I think they were saving it for the ultimate reveal at the end. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> but but yeah, I, I felt that way, too. I was like, oh, yeah, for sure. Some kids are going to see this. So we cut to a mall, whatever amount of time later, a few days or something like that, where a boy looks on in excitement at Santa and his lone elf played by Tony Cax. <laughs> the elf is trying to upsell a shitty picture of a child and Santa Claus to Lois Griffin. Yeah, it's Lois. Yeah. We learn his name is Willie. Willie is just being super shitty Santa. He's like, oh, a bike? Yeah, I haven't heard that before. Shit like that. The line dissipates. Uh, they're finally through all the kids, and Billy Bob sits in Santa's throne and pisses himself. I, I don't like this part. It's stupid. Like, it's gross. I, it's not even that it's gross. It's just it's, this is the lowbrow stuff that I'm talking about. Come on. He's pissing through his suit like and pee is drip, like dribbling out onto the carpet. Give me a break. Yeah, there's no way on God's green earth that someone wouldn't come out of a department store and see that an employee or something and he wouldn't be fired like the next day. Uh, yeah, I, I just I do like how stupid his mouth hole looks where his fake mustache. It just looks yeah. so, so dirty and stupid looking. It also kind of looks like like a gimp suit or like a baboon's asshole. I'm, I'm, I'm into it. <laughs> into baboon's assholes. Not surprised. So everyone from the store closing up gets escorted out of the store by a security guard who then sets the alarm and heads out. 18395. Good job. As the alarm starts to wind down its 30 second countdown to fully arming, Santa's little helper, Tony Cox, is now in a snowman costume in one of the winter displays. And makes a mad dash through the store <laughs> to stop the alarm before that 30 second window closes so he can cancel it before it's actually armed. It was it was pretty funny when he slid down the the middle of the two escalators. Yeah. I as soon as I as soon as I saw it, I was I was I was excited for this part in particular. It was pretty <laughs> hilarious. He has stopped the alarm. He goes and lets Billy Bob in through the the back door. I should start calling him Willie and not just Billy Bob. But no, who cares? He, yeah, he's a Billy Bob. He's a Billy Bob. He's got there's nine beers on the ground around him. It was only like a few minutes. Yeah, in a few minutes. That is ridiculous. Nine beers, though. Yeah, like that, that, pounds the I, shit of those. This is the, this is the thing about comedies. There's a, I mean, there's a suspension of, of disbelief with anything you watch, but just make it realistic. I, I mean, he was already drunk to begin with. You can't. I mean, nine. Like, just make it, like, three or something. Yeah, he would it's have just, had to literally run out there and shotgun those in, like, two minutes. 
Yeah, I don't know. So back in college, my roommate Tony J and I would play Power Hour. Have you ever played Power Hour? I don't know. So probably it's not. it's where you drink a shot of beer. I mean, you can do it with other alcohol, but most people do it with beer. A shot of beer every minute. So you end up over the course of an hour, you end up drinking six to seven beers. That's not that bad. Well, no, but I, I mean, six or seven beers in an hour. Most people will still feel that. Oh, yeah. And we had an app where you could pick 60 songs and it would switch every minute. So it was pretty cool. The last time we did that, I remember we did it in the afternoon and then spent the rest of the day drawing pictures of cats and stapling them to the wall to replace our apartment's ugly wallpaper. Power hours are great. Wow. That's a lot. Yep. Mm, proud of you. Now that Billy Bob is in, they can start their little grift here or or start their stealing of things. Billy Bob works on the safe, getting the safe opened up. And then Tony Cox is running around collecting things from around the store, presumably for his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Bad Santa gets his safe open and piles of cash just come falling out of it. <laughs> I've worked at banks before. The amount of money that was in this safe most banks don't even carry this much cash. Well, it is Christmas time. So, I mean, it is peak season. I can. Yeah, but I when can, it's peak season okay like that, that, if they're expecting to have that much cash, they would plan for multiple pickups from like a Brinks That's truck true. or something like that. That's a good point. They do. They do runs to the bank. There's yeah. no way in hell there would be this much cash in a store. Now, granted, was there more cash being used back in 2003 than there is now? Yeah, of course. That's true. Amazon didn't rear its... Well, I mean, Amazon was around, but... But if this was like the 80s, I would be all in. I'd be like, yep, makes perfect sense because no one was yeah. fucking using debit cards back then. It was all cash, everything. Good point. Yeah, I didn't think of that. But now that it's 2003 at this point, there's no way they'd have this much cash. Tony Cox ends up saying later that they made $111,000. Well, here's the other thing I'm, I'm just thinking of now. Like... I mean, there's not like one community safe for all the different stores in the mall. No. So this would have to be the safe for this single store, like a Mason style store. That's even more ridiculous. Yeah. There's no way. Moral of the story, they get all this cash. They make their escape in in a getaway van where we find out later is Marcus's girlfriend. I think it's actually his wife. Or wife, maybe. Yeah, I didn't didn't even realize. I'm not sure. But either way, Tony Cox's significant other is the driver who is a a younger looking Asian woman and they make it out of there. No cops, no nothing. Nice and clean. They head to the bar. I think they're back at O'Hara's actually. And Billy Bob at this point is just swinging Tony Cox around dancing. Like he's trying to catch a bird in his living room in a paper bag. (laughs) Tony Cox screaming the whole time. Put me down, put me down. He finally puts him down and they get into a, a chat at the bar. So as I said before, at this point is when we learned that they made $111,000. Tony Cox explains to Willie that he's getting worse at this point. He's not nearly as quick or as efficient at cracking these safes as he used to be. And that's the opportunity that Willie needs to say he's out. This is his last job. He's going to move down to Miami and open a bar or something and be done. Tony thinks that's a load of bullshit. He thinks he's just going to drink and piss away his money over the next few months, and then he'll be waiting patiently for Tony to call. We know how that's going to go. Mm-hmm. Shortcut scene in Miami. Several months later, Willie is behind a bar making a drink, and we're like, oh, cool. Yeah, he he's doing it. Crushing it. Then he gets kicked out from behind the bar of the actual owner of the bar. He was just a patron who walked back there, was making himself a drink. Yeah, the, the bar owner is Brian Callen. He's basically Joe Rogan light. He he does the same stuff that Joe Rogan does, but just way worse. Hmm. 
I knew he looked familiar, but I couldn't put my finger on what I'd seen him in. So after this, we see a scene of Billy Bob sitting on a bench eating a corn dog and watching a bunch of girls in bikinis play volleyball. I, too, enjoy corn dogs and women's butts, Billy Bob. Yep, I will agree on that as well. He wakes up whenever the following morning, a few days later, whatever that may be. <laughs> oh, I love this part. I love this part. Yeah, and his alarm clock is going off at 1130 and it starts playing Christmas music and he keeps trying to turn it off and he can't turn it off. So he unplugs it and throws it at the wall and then just continues to fucking throw shit at it, yelling, fuck you, until it finally turns off. I Both times I watched this part, I belly laughed. And not because it's it's not that funny. Like on the surface, it's 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 over the top. Yeah. But I swear to God, like if there were cameras in my bedroom, that is me. <laughs> I struggle almost every morning to turn my alarm clock off properly. Not like I'm so tired that I'm just sleep. I, I like I'm like a toddler with poor coordination reaching for a toy. I don't know what it is. It's I, I have like zero, zero patience. So I just start slamming things. And if I didn't have to deal with Ashley's wrath, I probably would end up throwing it at the wall, too. So I this scene just spoke to me on a deep level. And I, I loved it. It was so funny. You strike me as someone who would have one of those old fashioned style alarm clocks and not just use your phone. I do. I have an alarm clock. I don't use my phone. You're the worst. I should, though, because I can't I can't figure it out. There's like a little switch on the side that I have to. Oh, my God. It. That's a and disaster. So, and that's that's the problem. I can't. I can't. No, do on it. your phone, you just look at it and there's like a snooze button and a stop button and you pick yeah. which one. It's bad. Some mornings Ashley's like, well, can you fucking turn it off? And I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it's, really great. Yeah. <laughs> so after he, he gets up and up and about, he uh, listens to his messages, has a few about collections and how he's a shitty human being. And one from Tony that says, you know, it's it's time to go meet me in Phoenix. And so he does. Yeah, man. Because he's been waiting patiently for Tony Cox to call and tell him that it's time to steal more shit. Yep. So we cut to a mall. <laughs> this is this is actually one of my favorite slash just like what the fuck moments. They're walking down the parking lot of a mall in <laughs> Phoenix, Arizona. They're both dressed in their full getup. He's dressed as Santa and Tony Cox is dressed as an elf. And he finishes drinking a bottle of something and just throws it. And it hits the windshield of a Mercedes and like the alarm starts going off. And it's just like this like immediate like, what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> yeah. Like, why? Why would you just throw a glass bottle at a car window in the middle of the parking lot? It's like, why? <laughs> What is wrong with you? And Tony Cox says some bullshit about like, can you just pull yourself together for 10 goddamn minutes? Uh, but that, that part was funny for me. But they walk into the mall where we see John Ritter firing the old Santa Claus because, you know, he was probably charging more and he doesn't have a midget with him. And so. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's whoa, not whoa, whoa, midget. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You can't. Call, well, I mean, they That's call the it a midget. But they call it a midget in the movie. That's why I said that. All right, fine. They're little people. They're little people. I agree. So they're at the mall here. They have their first interaction with uh, John Ritter, who introduces himself as Bob. Bob is just kind of chatting with them, getting the lay of the land. And while they're talking, Billy Bob just gets completely distracted by a girl walking by with just a fat ass. Yep. Just a, just a fat ass. <laughs> And he gets super distracted for like a minute of the movie. <laughs> just like this mass is on the screen, just walking away from you. And then he interjects back into the conversation. Uh, he thinks that John Ritter is questioning his ability to perform. So he says, you talk about my fuck stick. And that's the end of the 15 minutes. 
Yeah, it's uh, what a first 15, not the Christmas movie I was expecting. Nope. The last section of the movie, the last 15 minutes begins at one hour, 12 minutes and 29 seconds. Was Bernie Mac always this skinny? Uh, he didn't look like like too skinny. You know what it is? I think I confuse him with Cedric the Entertainer. And that's a I promise <laughs> it's not just because they're black. No, like I also confuse. I'm, I do this with white people, too. Like I confuse Kurt Russell and Mel Gibson, and they're both like wrinkly white fucks. I don't I'm, I'm bad with faces. You know names. why I confuse all the time and it pisses my wife off to no end. Dennis Quaid and Kevin Costner. I don't I would not be able to pick either of them out of a lineup of 50 men. I don't know who the fuck either. Okay. Of them like, well, so. our <laughs> listeners will probably be mad at that because everyone I talk to is like, how the fuck do you confuse them? But for whatever reason, I just get confused by them. If you're someone who actually confuses Dennis Quaid and Kevin Costner, can you please, for the love of God, send us an email, hit us up on Facebook, something so I can shove it in my wife's face and be like, look, I'm not the only one. Please. Anyway, the call to action for all yeah. of our listeners. This is the most important thing we've ever asked you to do. I've been uh, living with this for that. my whole life. For the <laughs> love of God, please someone help me. A- anyway, uh, <laughs> Marcus, who is Tony Cox, instructs his wife of the very Asian variation to pin Bernie between two cars. And that is literally all we see of Mr. Mac. Yeah, really intense. When I was growing up, I was going to church school on the weekends, and one time it got canceled because this actually happened to someone. They got smushed between two cars. Like a child? No, like a, an adult. On purpose? No, by accident. One person, oh, okay. like they were they were parked, and the person was walking in between, and then the person in front thought that they were in drive, but they were in reverse. And just, Ooh, Is that person alive? I don't think so. Oh, boy. Yeah. All right. Well, that is. That's uh, why I'm uh, really concerned for Bernie Mac. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it got it got him eventually. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah I, this this is not. Wait, Bernie Mac is dead, too. Yeah. In real life. Yeah, man. I'm pretty. Uh, now you're making me question it. In 2008. God, this was almost his last role, too. <laughs> yeah. At any rate, Willie, we see again. He's with a Gilmore girl who has a. Well, we find out later that it's not, I don't think it's her kid, but there's a kid. I think it's her nephew or some weird white trash shit like that. But they're doing that Sesame Street bullshit, poor person Christmas decorating with popcorn garland. I love how you say popcorn. 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 Yeah, popcorn. Yeah, and and she just like spills a bunch of popcorn on the table. Anyway. It's just a big lumpy mess and Billy Bob (laughs) has drank so much that he's like fucking shaking uncontrollably. Uh, So the kid, I don't think we hear his name in the movie, but we find out that his name is Thurman. Yep. Anyway, he's opening an advent calendar and he pulls out an aspirin. Yes. So I'm guessing it was like a homemade advent calendar. Yeah, I would assume that they didn't find like a advent calendar for 90 year olds where like pills come out <laughs> that's a great idea i was just gonna say yeah we, we, trademark 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 don't know if that's how that works but yep, anyway uh, we've said it now it's trademarked so we we see the makeshift family next decorating the tree and willie just can't keep his hands off lorelei's ass mm-hmm. man after my own heart i'm a butt man through and through you can take your breastuses and pretty faces in gtfo <laughs> So you like, you, did you like it in the beginning when we saw that fat ass? I did. I mm. did like it. Yeah, I'm an ass guy myself, so something we can agree we on. agree on something. Air high five. Yeah, butts. 
So I just wanted to be clear that I would have said but exactly at the time in which our hands were were connecting <laughs> with that high five. So it Perfect. would have been like, yeah, high five. And then as soon as our hands hit, it would be like, butts. butts. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Into it. So some old lady's asleep in a chair and Willie and the woman he's with pull off her pantyhose and hang it by the fireplace. What in the hell is that all about? Yeah, I don't know. I think they needed stockings, but she's like the perpetual old lady. She's been the old lady in 100 movies since the beginning of time. Yeah, since the beginning of the time. She's a forever old lady. But what I mean, is that it? The joke is just they they, they had to have stockings. They're, so, oh, they're okay. trying to fucking like Jimmy rig this Christmas for Thurman. Okay. I actually don't understand this next part either. Willie has lined the entire outside of the yard with flaming bags. Are they full of sand? Dog shit? What's the point? I don't get it. They're supposed to be like like a Campbell like visual type thing. I, I don't know what they're called. But yeah, it's it's a paper bag and you put some sand in there and then a little like a little tea light candle. And you, you light the candle and it does its thing. What's the point? It looks nice. I don't know. I mean, maybe if it's not paper bags. No, the paper bags still look nice with the light in it, the candles in it. Okay. I thought I was the the white trash one, but anyway. I mean, they are doing a white trash Christmas, but I have I have seen that before. All right. Weird. Anyway, the, the kid comes out and calls him Santa, and there's about a minute back and forth where the kid just wants to make him a bunch of sandwiches. <laughs> it's pretty cute, actually. Mm-hmm. Also, question for you, because there's one of the parts of it is he's asking how much lettuce to put on the sandwich. Do you put lettuce on your sandwich, Dave? Sometimes if I'm getting a sandwich that can call for lettuce, I will. But always a small amount. It's like whatever they think should be the amount of lettuce on there. I want less than that. Interesting. I put it on every sandwich. My sandwich is not complete without lettuce. Oh, gross. I'm talking like steak and cheese. I'm putting lettuce on it. Oh, that's disgusting. What's wrong with you? Pulled pork? Uh, no, I've never had pulled pork and lettuce. So, okay, maybe not every sandwich, but anyway. Lying bitch. (laughs) The real question is, what does this movie have to do with Christmas? Nothing. (laughs) Okay, perfect. We we picked a great one. Mm -hmm. So, we're back at a new mall, and Marcus's wife moves a table in position, and we see a security guard enter in 50468. And we now have an updated version of the heist from the beginning. Yep. This time, Marcus luges down an air vent onto the table of shirts that his wife set up. (laughs) And fucking destroys the table. (laughs) Yeah. Marcus and Willie go to the back room. Marcus throws a fit. And then we get a montage of Willie trying to crack the uncrackable safe. Marcus, quote unquote, shopping for his wife again. And then we also see the kid... Thurman setting the table for some wine and Sammy's. He knows how to make Sammy's. During this, we get dueling wax. Willie banging on the safe with a mallet and Marcus on the leg of a mannequin with a golf club while the music crescendos. Yeah, this was like a three minute scene of them. Just in case you forgot that Tony Cox was a little person. We're going to make him try and get this scarf or whatever you want to call it off of this mannequin, this tall mannequin. So he has to chop her down like a tree. Yep. For a long time. So the safe is now open and it is loaded with dough more than the first safe. Yep. Just loads of cash. Soon after that, Willie goes to grab a pink elephant for the kid. And when he turns around, Marcus and his wife have pulled a gun on him and they talk some mess about the store dick being dead. 
Who or what is a store dick and where can I get one? One, there are stores that sell dicks. <laughs> I think you could figure that one out on your own uh, if you if you really want a store dick. But I didn't understand what the fuck they were talking about either. I have a guess that we'll talk about when we get into the questions. But yeah, I, I'm sure that would have made more sense to us if we had watched the full thing. Yeah, probably. Just as Marcus is about to shoot Willie, they are surrounded by the police. Uh, Marcus just starts indiscriminately shooting, and so do the police. So Willie starts running. Mm -hmm. Uh, He makes it to his car, drives away, elephant in hand, as numerous police cars follow. Yeah. A sonata plays as he makes it home, hops out the car, and books it for his house so he can give the kid his gift. But Santa is shot in the back like six (laughs) or seven times by the cops as neighbor kids look on and scream their rotten little heads off. (laughs) Yeah, so these kids just watched Santa get killed by a bunch of cops. <laughs> but I thought for sure that this movie was going to end with him actually dead. Yeah, I I did too. I was not expecting him to be be alive. But also, just like the shooting itself is fucking ridiculous. That mm-hmm. cops would just shoot an unarmed robber from behind. Oh yeah, I mean that could that's debatable. But I'm I'm just glad that they don't end up pretending like that's normal behavior that the cops shot him. Um, mm-hmm. They do get into that later. Like, you thought the Floyd riots were bad? Oh, boy. Imagine <laughs> how mad white people would be if Santa got sprayed with bullets. <laughs> Man, yeah. That would be serious, but it would never be a problem. So, yeah. Speaking of George Floyd, though, and <laughs> trust oh, me, this is God. Not, no, 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 this is what? not going to be Oh, not going to be. Oh, no. No, no, no. This is not going to be as bad as you think it sounds. Is this our last so, episode? Do I need to John Ritter myself? <laughs> Uh, say fuck stick and then die no did john so, commit suicide i'd feel really bad about that joke I don't, I, I don't know and i'm not gonna fact check that okay. was not the time well, so. <laughs> uh, anyway george floyd so in the heat of that whole thing over the summer i was driving behind a minivan one day and they had window markered their rear window justice for george floyd but they spelled his last name f-l-y-o-d like, how am I supposed to take your message seriously if you graffiti your own property but don't even proofread? That's like some fucking shit right out of idiocracy, man. Justice for George Flyod. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, anyway. So, uh, oh, see, that wasn't as bad. That, that wasn't no. as bad as I yeah. made it sound it was going to be. I suppose. Anyway, the cops surround Willie's lifeless body, but we hear his dialogue as he narrates the letter that he sent to Thurman. He's not dead. Willie's alive. He's in the hospital. And he was shot eight times, to be exact. I don't know how you survive getting shot eight times in the back like that and not even be paralyzed. You don't. Yeah, it's a comedy. Yep. We also find out that Thurman had clued the cops in. That's how they knew to show up at the mall that night. Per Billy Bob's request. Yes, yes. We don't know all of the logistics behind that, but it sounds like he told the kid to write the letter. Yeah. Give it to the cops. Why? I don't know. Mm. We also find out that Marcus and his wife are now in prison, or at least we surmise that based on what he says i surmise that they were dead oh well the reason that i think prison is because he mentions he says they're with your dad for another one year and three months like oh, a, like a jail I, sentence i missed the time frame okay yeah so i, I mean unless his dad's a zombie um i think it's no probably, yeah. i missed the time frame so okay i'm with you at any rate uh, willie also mailed him a shirt which is later revealed to read shit happens when you party naked i mean I guess that's true. I just I feel like if you're with a crowd of people or person that's cool with you being naked while you drink and be merry, shit was bound to happen anyway. Mm-hmm. Like it's all about the company you're with, not about what you're doing. I, I couldn't just go to a party of 
stick in the mud, Bible thumping, pop tart fucks, whip out my empty water balloon dick and start an orgy. It's not happening. No, but so- something would happen. Okay. <laughs> I guess <laughs> that's true. I mean, it might not be what you're thinking, but something's going to happen. I'll tell you okay. that. Okay. Yeah, I guess that's fine. I was taking it as like good shit happens. Oh, no, yeah. I, I don't think so. I think it's just <laughs> some, something's going to happen. Could be good. Could be bad. Fair point. So the curly haired fat kid Thurman, he kicks an F rate Jesse Pinkman wannabe in the crotch, rides his bike into the sunset, flipping off the camera as yet another cliche classical music song plays us out. Another movie ended with the finger. It is the least Christmassy Christmas movie of all time. Yes. Tis. Tis the season. To be bad. (laughs) So that was that was uh, that was the movie. That was Bad Santa. Yeah, it was Bad Santa and it was bad. I don't know that it was. I wouldn't say it's bad and Rotten Tomatoes would agree. You've gone soft in season two. I go soft as I get older, as most people do. So makes sense. I'm only getting harder. This is the first time in a long time that we did not get real questions, but it is a Christmas miracle. Dave, your wife was nice enough to watch this full movie for us and create questions so we didn't have to jerk ourselves off in the corner. Yes, exactly. As much as our listeners would have enjoyed that. My wife, Emily, took one for the team here, watched this entire horrible movie, and wrote us some questions. Emily, we thank you. Yes, you're the best. First question here. What does Sue say every time Willie and her have sex? All right, I got a few. Who's your little ho, ho, ho? Well, here's the one that I came up with, and it was put me on the naughty list. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. That is it's 100% she says that. She also says, come down my chimney, big boy. (laughs) That one's very inappropriate. (laughs) Let me see that big sack everyone's talking about. (laughs) Slay me, slay me, slay me. You're not the only one who comes from a North Pole. Put your presence in my trunk. I want to deck your balls. <laughs> Stuff my stocking with your candy cane, Santa. All right, I feel gross. Do you remember that time we took off that old lady's socks? <laughs> <laughs> Although that happened after the sex, but. Yeah, you don't know I'll that. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. <laughs> they could, that could be their thing. We don't know. True. <laughs> That could be a callback to a time earlier in the movie where they sexually take, took that old lady's socks off. Sexually took her socks off. Yeah. How do you sexually take someone's socks off? That's the real question. Oh, I feel bad for you that you don't know. <laughs> All right. Uh, next question. What does Thurman ask Santa for? So naturally, I think the obvious answer is that pink elephant, right? I think, it, I think it's the purple elephant. Maybe, probably. I think yeah. he got it wrong. You're probably right. Um, when he had the choice between the two, he fucked it up. That You're probably right. But I think he also wants his dad home for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I actually think that that might be it because that connects to a later question. But I also think that he asked Santa for a cool hand iron on lettered shirt with an edgy quote. Oh, which, maybe yeah. which he delivered on. Have you ever made yourself an iron on letter shirt, Dave? I don't think I've made an iron on letter shirt, but I have made iron on shirts on like that paper that you could like print on and then iron on. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, but yeah, oh, but yeah, not yeah. letters. You it wasn't a picture. Letters, it was like a picture. Uh, I don't remember what the picture was, to be honest. I did letter one. So back when the band Panic at the Disco came out, like pre their first album, still just their demos, I was a young, impressionable fan. This was early 2005. 
They sold shirt packs, which was just a blank maroon colored shirt with iron on letters. So you could make your own version of like whatever at the disco. I did my name first and last. And then when they got too popular, I donated it to like one of those yellow clothes bins that you see all over the place at gas stations and shit. So now there's probably some homeless person still rocking a Michael Valeri Jr. at the disco shirt. And it's their favorite shirt. Uh, <laughs> oh, man, that makes me very happy. <laughs> oh, that's ridiculous. Yep. Yeah. And back in. Uh, oh, never mind. <laughs> I just realized I was about to reference something that doesn't exist yet. Or does it? I guess it does. I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't either. <laughs> so here's the thing. I remember what it is now. It's not even from that far. It's from the beginning of this episode. I don't understand how in 2003, when this movie came out, you were too sophisticated to even even entertain this movie. But you weren't sophisticated enough and loved Panic at the Disco. I don't know. I'm a I'm a I'm an onion. No, oh, the forgetting of that joke was funnier than the joke. <laughs> Moving on. What is Bad Santa's alcohol of choice? We see him drink a fuck ton of beer, but I think when he's feeling jolly, maybe something like peppermint schnapps. But really though, I feel like most drunks go to like the hardest stuff they can get like vodka or gin they don't mess around with anything below like 80 proof because they just their goal is to get drunk so i think it's something like that i think it's vodka or gin i have been drinking screwball peanut butter whiskey lately i wish it was that but that is new and if you haven't tried it drink it yeah i was gonna say vodka here too one because the present that lauren graham gives him at the end is vodka naturally if you're banging santa and he mentions what his favorite liquor is that's the liquor you get him for christmas makes sense lock it in yep uh, next question where is thurman's dad yeah so i originally said dead because i thought he was dead but after our discussion earlier i'm with you he's in jail yeah definitely prison so like we were talking about at the end when billy bob is narrating he he says he says that your dad is with marcus and his wife climbing a mountain but that to me makes sense as prison because in jail you always have to sleep with one eye open you can't ever rest so a mountain um that's that's where i took it jesus christ <laughs> i feel like 98 percent of our listeners aren't even gonna get that that's perfect but the two percent that do i've just me. been i've just been hanging out with you long enough that i fucking knew what you were gonna say but that was <laughs> that was bad what does bologna taste like when it's fried porcupine's butthole billy bob has got that silly southern charm so he could he could he there's probably all kinds of things that he says it tastes like i have never had fried bologna i think i'm gonna have to do it i've eaten many a poor person food but never that when we were younger we used to smush up white bread and dip it in ranch dressing when we were hungry because that's like as cheap as can be Fucking a lot of lot of lot of cup of soups, but uh, never fried bologna. I'm interested. I could, I just fucking love ranch dressing so much. <laughs> so I kind of went in the same same milieu as you here. I think that my wife may have been trying to trick us here. What if someone was doing something or eating something and said, "Oh, that tastes like fried bologna." Oh, so something sexual. So like, yeah, like. Like Lauren Graham went to go suck Santa's cock and said, "Ooh, your dick tastes like fried bologna." All right, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, or chitlins, ooh, or chitlins. One time when I uh, this just reminded me because you said a dick and bologna. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's a good segue. Yeah. I so I used to work uh, in a meat department of a grocery store uh, as a butcher, and yeah, we all know. I, well, I was out on the case one time, and this southern woman out on the case is that like on the job, like a police officer? Or? No, no, out on the meat case. Like I was outside uh, of the back room cutting meat, like dancing to try and sell meat, or no, no, just like filling stocking shelves. I understand. And the southern woman said, "Y'all got them bologna sausages." I was like, what the fuck are you talking Oh, you're talking about hot dogs. Yes, I'll show you where the hot dogs are. But bologna sausages. I'll just- I got a bologna sausage right here for you, ma'am. That's that's that story. No, that was a that was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Next I, question. I especially loved your southern southern bell accent. She was not a bell. I oh. never said she was a bell. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who is Bernie Mac's character? So I think he's the store dick, right? Yes, 100%. He is the store dick. They killed store dick. Yes. So was he like an inside man, like a man that works at that store, and then they killed him to not have to pay him his portion? I think similar. I think he's like the finder. Like he seeks out the new malls for Willie Marcus and his wife to hit, and he takes like a finder's fee cut, which that's why they tried to kill him. They're like, we can fucking find our own malls. All we need is a fucking map quest and the internet. Yeah. It's 2003, bro. I'm uh, I'm I'm with you on that. I, I think definitely Bernie Mac was somehow involved and they had to kill him to prevent them from having to pay him their share. Yep. If that sentence made any sense. <laughs> what did Bad Santa do that made him feel like he did something good with his life? I we talked about this earlier. This is uh, what we were talking about when when what did Thurman ask for Christmas? I do think he asked him for a new daddy and Obviously, his dad's in jail. And I think that Willie uses that as an opportunity to get with Lauren Graham. But he conflates that in his mind with helping to take care of this kid and granting his Christmas wish. I just can't see him doing actually anything actually good in this movie. So I think it's it's something that's not actually good. It's really just for his benefit. But he thinks that he's helping the kid. I think that Thurman confides in Santa when he says, I, I wish my daddy would come home or something like that. And that makes Willie figure out that this kid is basically living at home by himself and he's going to try and like steal something from him or squat there or some shit and then ends up liking the kid and ends up kicking the shit out of that bully that was bullying Thurman at the end. And I think that's what he did that made him feel like he was did something good with his life as he protected Thurman from that bully by just beating the shit out of a teenager. Okay, so he beat the shit out of the teenager, and then that's what led Thurman to to then kick him in the dick later. Is, Correct. Oh, okay. And um, when the teenager yeah, later maybe. said, like, oh, your big friend isn't here anymore, huh? Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, I can see that. Cool. Cool. Last question. What does Thurman make for Willie for Christmas, and how did Thurman hurt himself making it? Yeah, so I think this has got to be some kind of food, right? At least that's my assumption, because he says later in the letter that he wrote that your present has blood on it, but the present you gave me had blood on it, and I enjoyed it anyways. Now, what would you enjoy with blood on it other than food? Like, you don't, like, enjoy a t-shirt, you know? Well, I have some thoughts that are different than this, but you enjoy food with blood on it like if someone no, i'm if saying someone give you a twinkie with blood on it you'd be like mm, 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 mm. Uh, yeah mm, blood i'm a vampire no i'm saying that when you say that you enjoyed something uh, like a physical thing i feel like 99 percent of the time that's food 
Like you don't uh, enjoy. Uh, I enjoyed that card. Like I just don't feel like that's something you would say to somebody. I use it all the time. Right now, I'm looking at my desk. Last Christmas, someone gave Ashley some hand cream, and she doesn't like hand cream, and I love hand cream, so she gave it to me. I'm using this scented, delicious hand cream. I enjoy this hand cream. Okay, so I would say that it's it's something that you use or consume. I enjoy right? it. Yeah, so that kind of fits the same I, in the same kind of window of what I'm talking about. Like, if you're saying that you enjoyed something, it's something that you are consuming, not just something that exists. Yeah, but uh, you can consume so many things. No, like, I know, but Thurman didn't make him homemade soap. Like, well, I mean, maybe. <laughs> okay, Thurman made homemade b- b- rosy hand lotion <laughs> and got blood in it, but Santa enjoyed it anyways. Yep. All right, I have a lot here. So here's the thing you we talked we nailed down it has to have be something with blood in it now my mind immediately went to him cutting his penis somehow and i remembered a quote-unquote joke that i had come up with when i was 12 i use the term joke loosely because there's not even a true punchline and the setup is cockamamie and that <laughs> it'll probably be better than your meat counter joke from that before, is so. actually that wasn't a joke that was a true story but this is that was actually a great poem i, I this was completely unintentional but when i said cockamamie you'll end up seeing how cockamamie ends up being pretty you're, spot on you're anyway here's the joke that i came up with at 12 okay there's three guys living in a three-floor apartment building mm-hmm. the top two floors don't have bathrooms it's mm-hmm. in the ghetto no oh, damn one day the guy on the top floor is shaving at his front window since he has no bathroom. Guy on the mm-hmm. second floor is pissing out his window. Again, no bathroom. Mm-hmm. Guy on the bottom floor hears a knock at the door. He answers it, and it's a door-to-door pickle salesman. He pops open a jar, it's super fucking loud, and it scares the guy on the third floor. He drops his razor. It slices the guy on the second floor's penis because he was still pissing out the window, and his dick falls into the pickle jar with a splash, but the guy on the first floor wasn't looking because he got distracted by the sound and he pulls out the dick pickle and crunch. And that is how you tell a joke when you're 12. <laughs> Fuck you. That joke was the worst. I swear to God, that's a real joke that I came up with when I'm 12. And that's why it's so bad. But listen, the moral of the story here is that Thurman probably tried to make him a personalized calendar, but he just used Playboy magazines and was cutting out pictures of naked women. He got a prepubescent boner. He accidentally snipped it while he was scissoring away. And why do people listen to this show? Fuck you. I told you I came up with it when I was 12. The whole point is that that's what me thinking about what I thought my 12 year old brain would think is what led me to answer this question. Again, someone who said he was sophisticated at 15. (laughs) My ass. Yeah, he must have done some real maturing between 12 and 15. (laughs) Uh, I got to break out the dick pickle joke. The dick pickle. Oh my god, that was the worst. Yeah, I feel like I feel like this this movie definitely would have had Thurman cut his little dick. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. See, it's not yeah. that far fetched. Yeah, I just couldn't think of a good a, a reason that he would have cut his dick cooking something. So yeah, listen, we're not normally this raunchy, but this movie <laughs> this movie is raunchy. This yep. isn't the, right up our well, alley. here's the other thing. This is the regular version. There's been two other versions of this that are supposedly even raunchier that we didn't see. There's an like an uncut version, a director's cut, and then there's also Batter Santa, which is the, it's like a straight to DVD version with that's even worse. Hold on. My dog is itching himself and fucking making a loud. That noise. wasn't Marley in his chains. 
What? Christmas Carol? No? Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I only watch Christmas movies starring Tim Allen. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so that's Bad Santa. It's already Christmas, so we we got to wrap this shit up. Dave, it's time for center counts. Yeah, man. I gave this one a three out of seven. I gave it a four out of seven. I gave this a three out of seven because during the holidays, I just want something happy and cheerful and fun for me to watch. And this was just upsetting. At least the parts that we watched. My wife, I will say, actually ended up liking it more than she thought she was. It doesn't mean that she liked it, but I I still think, you know, I would r- much rather watch something family friendly and cheerful when it comes to Christmas. Yeah, I, I get that. And that's why that's why it's just above the 50 percent mark for me. I The thing is, I actually liked Billy Bob and most of his dialogue. The guy's a deceptively good actor. And, mm-hmm. you know, he I love him as Malvo in season one of Fargo on FX. But the thing is, like most comedies, unfortunately, it's just it's a tad too lowbrow for me. We talked about it. The kick to the crotch at the end, pissing his pants. It's just it's just too much. You loved Idiocracy. But that's the thing about Idiocracy that I still don't think you understand. It's making fun of that. Yeah. But I mean, couldn't you make the argument that every lowbrow comedy like that is making fun of every other lowbrow comedy? I don't think it is. That's the thing. I think sometimes, yeah. I th- like this, I think the lowbrow parts of this are actually just lowbrow. I don't think they're making fun of it. Yeah. Like when Marcus is trying to get the stuff off of the mannequin and just like grazes her boob, but then like kisses it. They just pause for a second yeah. on it and then he kisses like it. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I could, I could do without that stuff. But <laughs> yeah, agreed. But it does have its solid points. The dialogue is, is mostly strong four out of seven for me i think it would have been better if he died yeah probably i would have immediately given this a five out of seven if he died i think but then there wouldn't have been a sequel oh you can find someone else to play a shitty santa that's not hard that's true they just got to call it mechanical tim allen there you go all right that was our christmas movie for 2020 season two this is the last episode of 2020 wow wow man capping off the year with a shitty movie dave what are we doing next episode? On January 6th, we are going to be watching the limited series on Netflix, Queen's Gambit. I'm excited. Yeah, I've heard a lot about this. I, I'm pretty excited as well. I am, I'm interested in, in what it's going to be like. A lot of people watch it and a lot of people love it. Well, that's what they said about This Is Us and I didn't like that. Fair point. Now, just some quick things here. There was just an episode released December 16th. On Damn Fine TV podcast, we were on. We did our basically our year end 2020 best of TV shows with them. A lot of fun. If you want to go check that out, it's a good time. And a new podcast started up. Our friend of the show, Kay, the podcast is called Unearthed Gems. It is a Steven Universe podcast. I've never watched the show, but I've been listening to the podcast. A lot of fun. Her and her sister are excellent. And I even helped with some of the audio. So, you know, give it a try. It's a good time. Wow. Well, yeah, Kay is amazing. So definitely go check that out. And yeah, we had a lot of fun with Damn Fine. So appreciate the ladies over there. We had a really good time. So go check both those out. Do Yes, please. Now, as always, if you have any feedback or questions, send them to thecentercutcast at gmail.com. Or if you confuse Dennis Quaid and Kevin Costner, please let David know. Don't forget that. That is very important. Or also Bernie Mac and Cedric the Entertainer. Make me feel not so horrible, too. No one no one does that. That being said, I do want to say Merry Christmas. Now, 
I could say happy holidays, but I listen, me saying Merry Christmas doesn't mean that I don't want you to I don't want you to have a bad other holiday. I just can't keep track of what other people celebrate. I know what I celebrate. So if you're celebrating that with me, great. If you're celebrating other holidays, I hope those are well. Also, I'm not saying that I hope you have a shitty Kwanzaa. Have a great Kwanzaa. Have a great Hanukkah. Have a great whatever holiday you have and do it in style. That's all I ask. Yeah. So that's why people say happy holidays. So they don't have to give that 20 minute spiel. I'd rather give the spiel. Happy holidays, everyone. I hope you enjoy it. Be safe and see you next year. Come back in 2021. Everything is going to be so much better. You just jinxed it. Sorry, everyone. I ruined 2021. Bam. Like Thurman's foot between those two skinny thighs. It's always better in the center. (laughs) 